Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. This episode is sponsored by Sons of Taldra by Dwayne Smokey. Sons of Taldra is a science fiction adventure story. The brilliant scientist Taldra became leader of our world a year before the aliens attacked. Maintainer Admiral Nil blames Taldra for a series of tragedies and might pose an even greater threat than the aliens. One of Taldra's twin sons wants to marry the man he loves. The other struggles with the residual effects of a deadly drug addiction. The young men stand with Taldra as she faces humanity's greatest threats. Sons of Taldra is available on Amazon and I do believe other online bookstores, uh, Dwayne says, worldwide. The book sounds amazing. I hope you guys will check it out and support Dwayne like he has supported the Picky Bookworm. Welcome back to the Picky Bookworm podcast. I am super excited to have Tanner housed in with me today. Uh, Tanner and I met um, when he hired me to proofread um, a book that he was publishing for Pride Month. So we are definitely going to talk about that. And um, he is a super cool dude. And I am excited to get to chat with him today and dragging you guys along. So grab your tea, grab your wine, grab your laundry, Caroline. We're going to get started. Tanner, how is it going today? It is going great. How are, how are you doing today? I, I'm doing really good. Um, I am noticing some beautiful blue skies behind you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a nice, beautiful, warm, warm, sunny, lightly cloudy day out here. It's, yeah, we're just out by the East Coast and it's beautiful out here today. It's, yeah, here it's just hot. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I, I do not enjoy, I don't enjoy being cold, but I don't enjoy being really hot. It's just, it's a thing. No, I'm with you there. Like, I feel like if I can, I feel like I prefer just slightly a little too cold because you can put on a blanket or something, whereas like too hot, you can't really adjust as well for it, you know? You really can't. Yeah, I I told somebody um, at work, this might be just a smidge inappropriate, but I told somebody at work that you can always put more clothes on, but there's only so much you can take off before it becomes inappropriate. <laughs> true, true. So, you know, I, but I do prefer to be warm over cold. Cold makes me sleepy. So when I get too cold, especially at work, um, I am pretty much the only person at my entire job who would prefer to be at about 75 degrees um, in the office building. Everybody else is like 70 to 72. And you know, I'm like, 
Yeah, when it gets below like 73 degrees, I sit there yawning all day because I get sleepy. That's interesting. Like, I've got the exact opposite. Like, like if I'm a little bit cold, it'll keep me up. Whereas, like, if I get too warm, I just, I get to a certain spot and I just kind of go into like a sort of like, this is a good spot to catnap in the middle of sort of an extended sunbeam, you know? Yeah, I, I just, I get... I can't sleep when I'm too warm and I I get cranky when I get just overly warm. So it's, I, I don't know. Um, if it were 72 degrees outside at all times, I would be in heaven, but it's just, the world doesn't work that way. Sadly, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, real quick, before we get too far into, um, today's chat, Tell us just a little bit about yourself, uh, when you started writing, why you started writing, and one thing that inspires you. Okay, so my so my pen name is Tanner. My name is my name is Tanner. It's a pleasure to meet you. I, I I've always kind of been writing adjacent throughout my life. Like like when I was in high school, I wrote a bunch of like sort of poems and like a few short stories. Like when I I've done NaNoWriMo for years and years, I. I kind of had like I took a bunch of creative writing things here and there and just like it's always been like I've I've been like into writing and like I get close and then like something just kind of pushed me back pushes me back down. I like it'll be like a teacher. There was one time it was it was a girl I was dating that like each time I would get close something would kind of push me away and and eventually like I just like most recently I just last NaNoWriMo I finished like a Yolo erotica which is basically just an erotica story and and i was a little bit nervous about like putting it out there so i put it out there under a pen name kind of hid hid myself away f- from that went to tanner as a as sort of my regular publishing name and i keep looking at that going do i want to share that now i kind of want to now but i kind of don't it, so so that's a little like there's a side book that there's a side book that literally one person other than me knows i published otherwise it's a complete secret right now Wow. Wait, you might have to tell me. Um, I don't I don't read a whole ton of erotica, but I I must say I'm curious. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) so what is something that inspires you? So I think just part of what inspires me is just like there's something about like the, the creative process, like not even so much like the final product, but like sort of like being in the world, like just that just like the whole like as you start to like write something or come up with an idea you sort of i feel like there's a sort of like you immerse yourself more in this more in like whatever world and just it's kind of just fun to me to be in that world you know and whatever the new world is that you're going to be be hanging around so i feel like it's that and and also i feel like there's just something about like at the end you get to hold it and just be like i've created something that hopefully will outlive me in this world you know yeah, I um I was actually talking to a previous guest. Speaking of having things outlive you, I was talking to a previous guest about you know our libraries and you know my Kindle collection um, in particular, and just my thoughts about when I'm gone, what am I going to do with my my collection of ebooks on my Kindle, um, 
and just trying to figure out, okay, do I want to will them to somebody? Do I want to just, you know, pass it on somehow? And she had, you know, brought up the the same thing as an author and having books on KDP and like publishing, um, you know, on Barnes and Noble and um, places like that. And just trying to figure out, okay, so what am I going to do? Because those books remain on Kindle forever um, until somebody specifically goes in to take them down. And my thought was, okay, so if people buy your books after you die, where does that money go? That's a really good question. Like, I like I would think it would just go to like whatever the account is that it's being transferred to, but yeah, just I don't know where the where that would go, but I it, feel like it's definitely something to think about, you know, especially for authors that have 12, 15, 30, you know, 50 books out there. What, you yeah. know, where where's that going to go? And, you know, it's not like the books themselves are going to disappear. They're going to stay on print on demand. They're going to stay on Kindle. But those royalties have to go somewhere. Yeah, you would you would think so. I, yeah, I'm not sure how the, how that would work, but I I do wonder if there is a way that you can just like like I've got my nephew and niece who would probably be sort of sort of my fallback. So like like I've got my first I've got my first book Cora that you that you know is out. I've got another one Aiden that's getting closer. And like would I just be like okay, you get Cora, you get Aiden, each of you has one. Or yeah, I I. That's something I hadn't even is, considered. Just right. <laughs> you've given me a puzzle today. You have it, given me a puzzle today. Well, and it, you know, on the one hand, it sounds really morbid because it's like I'm planning <laughs> for my death, basically. But on the other hand, it's, you know, to me in particular and to author friends of mine, it honestly just seems responsible to think about something like that you know and well, yeah, yeah like it's I, entirely possible that you may not you may sell five books from here till the day you die but who knows you know it you could get really popular at some point and you know have 15 30 50 books out there selling you know making several hundred to several thousand dollars a month and, yeah, and you know, so it's yeah, it's it's something to think about, and it's not to be morbid. It's just to me personally, I wouldn't want that money to go to waste. No, I I wouldn't either. And I think there's something to sort of like, like I mean, I don't have any actual children. I do have two dogs that are fur children, which is partially why all dogs live through the book is in the Housed in Pledge. But I I sort of look at my books as like creative children, and like. It's kind of like beyond just the financial things, it's sort of I want to make sure that they're well taken care of or at least like or at least have like someone else that, want, that is, wants to do something with them. Even if it's just let them sit there and hopefully someone brings it up or just brings it to show and tell and says, look what my uncle wrote. Yay. <laughs> or throwing it in a corner or something. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it's something to think about. Um so let's talk um, about Cora uh, for just a little bit. Um, okay. this, it was a um, a book that you had um, you had come to me and asked me to proofread 
because you wanted to get it published uh, during Pride Month. And so I was really happy that I was able to get to it and get it done uh, quickly enough uh, to do okay. that. Um, Thank just, you for doing so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so real quick, just give us a like a short synopsis, kind of a short premise of what it's about. I'm nervous that if I did that, I would give too much away. So <laughs> oh, that's that's all right. I mean, so the idea of the idea of Cora Christensen is she's a trans woman who who had who left her house 10 years ago after after a big fight with her, with her father. Like she sort of discovered who she was, like her identity, and he wouldn't accept it. He they fought. He threw her out. And after his untimely passing, she she's returned home and he's had no one else in his will. She's now the sole the sole heir to all of to all of his property, all the stuff that he owned. And she's coming back now to this home that she was thrown out of. And as soon as she gets in, she goes she goes down. She thinks about what what's going on and she receives a she receives a death threat to to her dead name she she hears someone just call and suddenly suddenly there's gunshots there's yelling and and she like and she just has to like hide and from there it's just like between the between the crazed gunman between like the house that just kind of gaslights her and and a and sort of a mysterious little boy she's there's sort of like a little bit of an an underlying mystery that kind of unravels it's yeah it as i was reading it it kind of strikes me as a kind of a coming of age but not really coming of age um coming of identity i guess would be a a good way to put it um i love that term a, along with um a like a ghost story like a, a, a ghostly supernatural mystery mixed with a, a coming of identity story. Thanks. So that's kind of what I, I coined that phrase on the, on the fly. So I'm glad <laughs> you liked it. I mean, it's, it's such a perfect phrase. Cause that's kind of what I was trying to go for is like, it's, it's coming of identity, but it's also, I think coming of coming of acceptance and coming of like, not just acceptance of identity, but like the entire, like the initial ver the initial version I had in mind for it was, completely different was like almost a multiverse kind of thing and so it kind of plays in there and i probably just gave some stuff away so sorry for spoiling my own book people sorry. i don't think you i don't think you spoiled too much um that i that was one that was one aspect that i was trying to avoid um bringing up but i don't know that it's a a big huge spoiler um but as long as we leave it at that, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I think we'll probably be okay. Um, but I, I do recommend um, that anyone who has struggled with their identity in any way, like it doesn't even, it doesn't even have to be gender identity necessarily. It can be age identity. It can be, you know, any identity that you have discovered about yourself and have, you know, come to terms with, I think would really relate to her. And, you know, I, I think that it was an important story to come out, especially during Pride Month. Um, and because of the way that it handled her 
identity and her dead identity and, you know, all of that and just kind of mixing the two and, you know, forcing her in, in some ways to confront uh, that past that, that she had. And I, I do, I think that, um, I think a lot of people should read it. And I think a lot of people would enjoy the, um, the supernatural, um, mystery aspect of it as well. Thank you. I, I hope so. It's definitely, it's something I absolutely enjoyed writing. I, I hope people enjoy reading. Um, so what, what gave you the idea for, for Cora? So a lot, a lot of it, like the, the initial thought that I, the initial thought that I'd had with it, like, again, like it was initially, it was a choose your own adventure book, believe it or not. Like, the okay. initial idea I had for it was a choose your own adventure book. And it was supposed to be like, depending on which choice you you took, like you took like completely different paths. And then I just, and then it sort of got me thinking a little bit more about some of that stuff, like where that goes. And, and as soon as I started thinking about the character of Cora, then it just like, and like sort of the struggles she would have gone through, like from there, just the character built out and was just like screaming at me to start writing her. So from there, I, I'm a bit of a pantser when I write. So like, so like as soon as I had the first chapter, it was just like, all right, I'm just going to loan you the, the keyboard, Cora. You just start typing and I'll just sort of be the <laughs> muse that puts my name on it at the end. We're just going to collaborate on this. Um, exactly. It's a collaborative effort. And, um, and I will say it's not a very long um, book. I think I, um, I think I read it in less than four hours. Um, and that was including the search for mistakes. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's not a very long book, um, but it was very enjoyable. And um, I hope that uh, us talking about it gets people to go and check it out. So I hope so. Like, I think it's only like 79 pages. I, one thing you didn't get to see in the version that I sent you that was added later I put in, I put in a map of the a map of a map of the house at the beginning. Just, it was it was based on something that I saw from Michael Ruberti, where he was talking about like, like fantasy books that had maps in front of them, and like yeah. I didn't really have a fantasy book to, to map there, but it was just like, I found myself just getting lost walking through the house, and and I made a guide, and it was like, if I'm getting lost, I should make sure this guide's here so everyone else can see it. <laughs> Um, yeah, Mike is, um, Mike is a good friend. He, um, he's been on the show. He and I talk, um, not as often probably as we should, but, um, but I do love it when he shows up on my, on my timeline. So, um, I'm glad that you have found some inspiration from him as well. Uh oh, your screen froze. Are you still there? You are not still there. Uh oh, we have lost connection so i am going to pause recording just very quickly and we will be back very soon where we were i i don't either um okay well i did actually start recording so um everybody caught that we are back um had some Hello, everyone. phone overheating issues um had to wait for tanner to get home um so that we could finish recording so we are back 
neither one of us can remember what we were actually talking about. So we are going to just kind of move on in the chat and figure, figure stuff out as we go along, which is pretty much how I do all of my recordings anyway. So the best way I, to go. I've, <laughs> I've been doing this for two years and I, I don't think I've had a single episode that has ever been the same. Um, so it's, I, I think people have just kind of gotten used to, um, Pam's weirdness. And <laughs> I feel like that's gotta be part of the fun of doing something like this is like everyone you interview, you get sort of like a different story. And so you get to like, sort of be like a part of their lives and a part of their world for a little bit that like, you sort of get to, you sort of get to like have a different experience with each person. Exactly. And, you know, I, my guest last week, uh, Dana Goldstein, um, maybe, mm -hmm. I I hope I <laughs> said her last name right, um, Dana and I were talking last week, and because she runs a podcast as well, and she um, talks with indie authors, and she does her podcast a little bit differently, um, but she has the, the format and the layout is, you know, as we chatted about the, the different ways that we handled our podcast, we had a lot of similarities between between the two, the ways that we do our podcast. And one of the things that she said was that when she has a guest on, her only piece of criteria is that she has to have time to read their book before they come on the show. And which is totally fine. Um, and because of the way that she does it, she has to be able to ask specific things about the book. Um, you know, the, the podcast is called What Were You Thinking? And it's just kind of a, a dive into the writing process of, you know, various authors. Whereas, I like it. yeah, and like, I am super excited to go binge a whole bunch of her episodes. Um, but the way that I do mine is I don't care if I haven't read your book yet. Uh, <laughs> because I, you know, there are a lot of episodes where I love learning about the book and hearing about the book along with my listeners and, you know, just kind of giving my off the cuff response to, holy crap, I need to read your book. And, you know, just getting to have that experience along with my listeners. And so, I have some guests where, yeah, I've read their books. Um, I have, but I have a lot of guests where I have not. <laughs> you know, um, and I think there's, I think there's something kind of fun to that. Like, like when I did internet radio a few years ago, like I kind of had the same sort of thing you did. Like I may or may not have read their, read their books or seen their movies or heard their albums, but, but like within, I wanted to know kind of who the people were, what they, what they were doing and. And so, like, it it was a lot more like if I didn't read it or didn't hear it before, there was a lot more like discovery. Yeah. So, like, I'd just like midway through be like, "Ooh, I need to listen to that." And right. Then, like afterwards, like, a lot like, of notes. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was kind of weird. Like the ones that I heard before, like it kind of like I would go listen to it again or like go read it again, and I would get a little bit more out of it the second time. But the ones that like I, the ones that like I hadn't, it was like, it was like I just. I had a little bit of backstory and it sort of like would make like a song lyric hit a little differently or something. Right. And, you know, I, the, the main purpose and the main goal of my podcast, um, 
is to promote and you know introduce authors to people that they may not have heard of before and you know introduce books to the world that people may not have heard of before and so our you know Dana's in my podcast you know there was one thing that she said where you know she was like I just like to let my conversations go where they're gonna go I don't have any specific format and I was like <laughs> I think we're soulmates um because I, just from day one, I have just absolutely refused uh, to do any sort of like specific format because I I don't like that awkward feeling of I'm the interviewer, you're the interviewee, I ask the questions, you know, I just, yeesh. Um, and again, yeah, there's no judgment at all for the people that do it that way. I, I have no judgment on those people. If you can handle something like that without making it sound awkward, more power to you. That is not me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like people that can do that, it, it's amazing to me. Like, yeah, I feel like, so I used to have the, like one of my old journalism professors said something about like, for a script you need, you have to, you have to memorize it and forget it or something like that like when it came to like news and whatnot, but like, I feel like with podcasts, like the, if you, if you sort of like rehearsed it too much, at least when I tried that, like it always came across feeling forced, regimented. Like it was like, oh, I was almost reading off cue cards and whatnot versus just discovering, just having a conversation, just having fun. Well, and anybody who has ever called and spoken to somebody at a call center, you can tell when someone is reading a script mm -hmm. you can tell and you know so if i were doing something like this by myself then i would likely have talking points or you know i would write out a script or something but because i am talking to somebody else I have to be able to account for the different personalities of the people that I am talking to and the, um, you know, just the different types of people, the different types of authors that, that I am talking to. And if I were to have a regimented show, it's because of all of those different personalities, it would come off feeling stilted and it would come off feeling just slimy. Yeah, like I just don't like, like slimy. Yeah, it would come off like, like basically like, okay, you, so you've written a book about, you've written a book, book about circus performance. This author instead has written a book about romance. So both of you tell me your favorite sci-fi. Like it just, <laughs> it kind of wouldn't fit the same, you know? Speaking of, tell me your favorite sci-fi. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that um we had discussed before um, the show was um, I love having book recommendations. So do you, are you reading anything currently that you want people to know about, or do you have um, any books um, or authors that you would like to recommend to our listeners? So I will say I have been like, I started this a little bit earlier, put it down and I put it and I picked it back up. I have been starting to read the, the traders we knew by Mike Roberti. Like it's a fantastic book. And like, like, I will just say like the prologue itself, just the prologue itself just like floored me. 
Yeah. I that's that book is in my TBR. <clears throat> um, it's fantastic. Like I yeah, I think I'm waiting for at least book two to come out before I start book one because just knowing knowing Mike, I am willing to bet that book one is going to end on a cliffhanger. Um, and I. I, I, I love cliffhangers if I can get to the next book. You know, I, I read a series that I, I'm still salty about this. I, it was the Shadow Demons Saga by Sarah Cannon. And I, um, looked up the series. It was 11 books long. Um, last book I think published in like 2019 or something like that. I'm like, sweet, 11 books, series is over. I read the books. Um, I think I read all 11 books in less than two weeks. Wow. Um, yeah. And now granted, some books were under 200 pages. Some were, you know, almost 500. So it was, you know, pretty good, different, various sizes. But this, the story was amazing. And I get to the end of book 11, ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, by the way, yeah, there's going to be a book 12, but it's not published yet. And I don't know when it's going to be published. So I'm not even going to release the title yet. Oh, man, that hurts. Like, you you could have said something when I was back on book five. (laughs) Yeah, like that kind of. You put in that kind of investment thinking that you're going to get the whole series and just like, ah, oh, that. Yeah, I, that I am still too. salty about it. And Sarah, if you're listening, I need book 12. Um, the only thing that made it better was when I was complaining to my husband, who is not a reader, um, but he understands my my obsession with with reading and with books. He just looked at me and he goes, well, just look at it this way. When book 12 comes out, you get to read the whole series again. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you to- but I, yeah, I, I'm still, still mad. <laughs> and this, I finished it back in like March or April. Um, and I, yeah, I'm still mad that because of, because of the way that book 11 ended. And it's, you know, I, I am not spoiling anything by telling you the book 11 ends on a cliffhanger because by the time you get to book 11 there are so there's so much going on that i can tell you it ends on a cliffhanger and you're still not gonna have a clue of like what cliffhanger (laughs) it's in it ends on and you know but yeah i that's I highly recommend the series. It Stop sounds at book fantastic. 10. Stop at book ten. <laughs> don't don't read book eleven <laughs> until book twelve comes out. <laughs> Just see. I figure with something 10, like that. Series. <laughs> I'm gonna wait until I I'm gonna wait until I hear an announcement of book twelve coming out, and then I can do the series because otherwise I will get to like book eleven and I'll just be in the same boat as you are. Just like come on, come on. Well, I I honestly tell people. Because the the way the series works, like there's, um, you know, when you watch a lot of TV shows, you have some shows where you have like the overarching story 
and but then each episode has a sort of closure at the end of the episode. That's kind of how I felt about the books. Um, so it's not like you can't read any of them as a standalone because you just won't have a clue. You have to read them in order. But, you know, you do feel a, a small sense of closure, like at varying points throughout the series. So, you know, having book 11 end the way that it did hurt. Oh, like, that makes it, it hurt my heart because there was no, none of that, that feeling of closure that you that I had gotten, you know, at other points throughout the story. So at other points throughout the story, I could have stopped reading and would have been fine waiting for book 12. But the fact that it, I didn't find out until the end of book 11, uh, that's that, what made me so mad. And so, yeah, I'm I'm I so I get mad because like, <laughs> yeah, because it feels like even in that case, you it seems like you should have had like a good capstone on 11, like there's these cliffhangers, but this puts it in a good spot till I can get back to it. But yeah, it. Yeah, no, it, that, yeah. So I, I highly, highly, highly recommend the series. Like I really, really, really do. But stop at book 10 until you get an announcement <laughs> from me that eh, book 12 is out. Um, because I'm watching, um, I am, I am paying very close yeah. attention. Like I am following her on Twitter not gonna get me calling it x ain't happening um <laughs> nope. he, it's twitter for me it's been twitter for years and at this yeah. point i see no reason to change that exactly so um but yeah i'm i'm following her over there and um i'm, I'm watching um very closely so hopefully very soon um i will get an announcement um from someone that book 12 is out um, and I'll get to go enjoy the series again. But um, it's a, it's about a young girl who she, when she's young, she's thrown into foster care and she's adopted through foster care. But then her adoptive parents die in a mysterious fire that she is basically blamed for starting. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> she is sent to a, um, a home for girls in this small town called in Georgia called Peachtree, I think, um, in Georgia. And it's called the Shadowford Home for Girls. And she starts noticing odd things going around, going, you know, around town and realizes at her new school that there's something off about the cheerleaders. Why is there something off about the cheerleaders? Well, she learns very early on when she gets tapped, when one of the cheerleaders is murdered and she gets tapped to join the cheerleading squad. And it's, the, the cheerleading squad is basically a training ground for um, a group of matriarchal witches, like an, a coven of witches. Oh, wow. And so I mean, she starts learning. So she starts learning magic and, you know, 
of course discovers uh, things are not always what they seem. That's all I'm going to say. Um, naturally. That sounds, that sounds like a great like mixture of like fantasy, horror, and coming of age, like all, all in one. It's, and there, yeah, there's a lot of it in there. And it's just, you know, the things that she gets to discover about herself as the series, you know, goes along and the things that, you know, the people that she gets to meet and the experiences that she gets to have are just there. It's so good. It's just, it's such an amazing, I mean, I am telling, I read 11 books in less than two, in less than 14 days. Wow. So, yeah, I am telling you, it is worth your time. Just stop at book 10. <laughs> Don't read That's... book 11 until book 12 comes out. <laughs> Just trust me on this. But you're um, okay to stop at book 10. Like, I'm not going to be sitting there like, I need to dive into book 11. Because, like, if you're finishing this in two in two weeks, that makes <laughs> that makes it sound like I'm going to be looking at book 11 like, mm, gotta read it, gotta read you're, it. You're going to want to, um, but... You know, I I don't want to say too much just because I don't want to accidentally spoil anything. Um, of course. It's- from, from what I remember, um, yes, there are some of those overarching cliffhangers that you don't get closure from. But if I remember correctly, you get enough from the end of book 10 that you're okay to stop at book 10. 11 you're you're gonna look like me <laughs> the look <laughs> on my face um if you get to the end of book 11 um because it's um i there's a, a ton of characters in the book so i don't know that i don't think that i am really giving away anything specific but the end of book 11 involves a a cliffhanger with a specific character that you grow very attached to throughout the series and those are the worst kind those are the worst kind yeah so now now you understand why i am super mad my book review on my blog um indicates my frustration with (laughs) with the series but at the same time i can't not recommend the series um, I think that's, weren't you one of the ones that uh, you won my giveaway for my four year blog? I did. And I did. And I think it was the like, I think, I think it was, it was. Like, beautiful, beautiful and, demons, bitter demons, inner demons. Yes. 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 Okay. I've got those. So I I need to start with those. Like, yeah, w- once I finish up with Traders We Knew, and I will admit I've been having a certain urge to go back and reread first 15 lives of Harry August, but definitely I want to get to beautiful demons because have you read First 15 Lives? I have not. Who is that by? And what's it about? I, I don't recall. I, it's one I read a while ago, and it's just one that, like, constantly comes up in my mind. So, so the, story is about, the story is about a, a, guy named, a guy named Harry, Harry August. And he goes through, he lives his life, and then, like, after he dies, he's reborn back in, like, the original time and everything he was. And once, once he gets to a certain age, he remembers his previous life. And that happens again and again. Oh. And yeah, and so like within that, like like he's like they're sort of like you kind of see different parts of him and uh, different parts of 
different parts of the world. And I'll leave it at that so as not to spoil things, but I'll just say like it, they do like the author does a really good job of like tying in like like the different changes and you start to re and you start to realize a little bit more just like a lot of the ethical issues you might not have thought about with something like this, or at least I wouldn't have thought about. So it's called um, the 15 lives of Harry August. The first 15 lives of first Harry August. Lives. Okay, so let me see if I can find this on Amazon. There it is. First 15 lives of Harry August. Okay, so oh, I like that cover. Um, That's a beautiful cover like that is a very cool cover. Um, yeah, I it reminds me a little bit of um, this TV show called uh, Lost Girl um, that I think oh, I've I love a Lost times. Girl. Uh, right. Um, that was such a good series. Like it's um, it is on CW on the CW app. Um, if you want to watch it with commercials, um, go through and watch it again. My, I have a coworker that is um, that's watching it, and um, I think I had just started season two when, or I was ending season one when she started the series, and so I was just like a few episodes ahead of her. And she came to work, and she just looked at me, and she was like, "That show," and I was like, "I know." And she goes, "Holy crap!" And I was like, and I just looked at her, and I was like have you met Dyson yet? And she goes, oh, oh. Dyson. And I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, and there's a there's a specific character that comes in a little later that like I want to be like, have you met? And I, and I know she hasn't, but it's like just, ah, there's a lot more, there's a lot more fun stuff for her to go. Oh, there's, yeah, she, um, last I knew she was in, I think the middle of season two, last I knew. But it's, um, you know, she has, she works two jobs and she's got kids and she's, you know, spends time with her husband. And so she doesn't have a whole lot of time to watch TV. So I've just been really trying to stay patient and just not like bug her constantly. <laughs> but have you watched it? Have you watched it? Um, but I, other than Dyson, like Dyson is such a cool character. But Kenzie. Yeah, Kenzie to me is like. heart. Like she will forever have my heart. Just um, like I felt like she amazing. was, I felt like she was the best character. Like, like just based on like who she was, and like this is another one of those I don't want to give away too much about her, but just based on like who she is and who she grows to. Like, I mean, just oh, I know. Like, yeah. she's such a contrast compared to so many of the other characters in that show. Well, and that's that's the point. Um, so I, I will give just a, a small synopsis of, um, of Lost Girl for any of my listeners who have not seen it. Um, it is on the CW app. Um, if you, um, you can download it, I believe on Windows um, computer. Um, I don't know about Mac. Um, I was able to download it on my Chromebook and my Roku TV. So CW app is available, I would say just about anywhere. Um, and it's called Lost Girl, and it's basically about this woman. Her name is Bo, and she um, finds out that she's a succubus, and um, that she has. And in the first episode, I believe, she's basically told that she has to choose 
a side. She has to choose either the dark face side, which they are the the more evil side, I guess, would be um, mm-hmm. a black and white way of putting it. Um, the and lighter of the morally gray. They're right. They're they're a little bit morally gray, um, and you know, or the light face side, which is the more black and white, good versus evil. We are good. You are bad. Um, kind of, uh, kind of situation. And neither side really has more pros versus cons. Like there's, there's an even number on either side and it just kind of goes based on your personality and based on just who you are and who you want to be. And so, um, but in order to be able to choose a side, you have to go through three different challenges. And so Bo is basically grabbed um, by the Fae and forced to go through these challenges. And when she completes the challenges, they tell her, okay, you've completed them, now you have to choose. And she says, I don't choose either side. I'm going to choose the humans. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to go. And so she becomes the unaligned succubus. And, um, you know, it's just the, the show is just kind of her, her journey um, through learning who she is. And, um, you know, there's a lot of adventures. Things aren't always what they seem. But Kenzie is a young woman, a young human woman, who Bo saves from a um, a rapist, basically. Um, mm-hmm. He dosed her with uh, rohypnol, I believe. It was, and, like, yeah. Um, and Bo saved her from that situation and just kind of adopted her and, you know claimed her in the way of the fae and you know as a fae when you claim a human that human no other fae is allowed to cause any harm to that human they become like your pet like your your kitty cat and so yeah, they're under Kinsey is, Kinsey they're is under one of protection. the few you know actual humans in the show and I, I think that her character just, it really adds a, a level of complexity that you may not normally have. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I feel like it adds a level of complexity that, to, to the show, but I feel like, like part of what I love about that too is like the way that they, the way that Kenzie is treated compared to like other humans. Like, right. you know, I feel like there's a certain... Like, there's a certain level of respect versus, like, well, I'll just say other humans are not as respected. I'll, I'll leave no. it at that. <laughs> well, most most humans are viewed as food only. Um, they are basically cattle. And, you know, Kinsey, without giving too much away, she, she proves her worth in a lot of different ways. And mm-hmm. she she proves her loyalty to Bo in particular. And it's, you know, just her character arc is just 
really, really, really cool. Um, everybody's character arcs really is just really cool. And so, yeah, if to- total plug for Lost Girl TV show, yeah. I know this is a bookish podcast. Don't care. All right. Go watch Lost Girl. <laughs> I feel like with something like that, like it's a bookish podcast, but like I feel like a lot of that comes down to books or stories. And like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good story. It's it a is good a story very, on TV. Yeah, it's like, a very good story. It's I, I'm like so tempted to just like finish the podcast today and just go watch it again. <laughs> just be like, honey, we're gonna watch Lost Girl again. Um, and he'll go again. Isn't this like the fourth time you've watched it? Um, yep. Yeah, I don't. I Burning don't care. it on. <laughs> What's your point? Um, <laughs> I yeah, I one of the things <clears throat> that I. Excuse me. One of the things that I have learned um, is actually a trait of neurodivergence, um, in autism, um, ADHD, basically any any form of neurodivergency is you tend to fear the unknown and go for what's comfortable. And Makes sense. A little more a little more routine. So a little more stability. Right. Well, and, you know, especially for someone with ADHD, um, the routine is difficult. Um, I, I am one of the few people with ADHD that I have to have routine or I cannot function without routine. Um, if something throws me off my routine, it throws my whole day off. Like it's (laughs) awful. And so choosing a new television show is kind of like choosing a new restaurant with a gluten allergy. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine that, that just like you're trying to you're trying to get into something new and just like like, is this going to be something that is this going to be something that poisons me? Is this going to be something that like there's an un, there's an unexpected effect to it? Like, is this yeah, going to be something you know, that like. And so I, I worry that I'm not going to like it. So my, my husband has, he's kind of, he loves trying like new TV shows and new movies and stuff. And so he sometimes will just like pick a movie and be like, I want to watch this movie. I know we've never seen it before, but I want to watch it. And so he will start the movie and he will like choose the movie and or he'll do that with a TV show, because if it were up to me, I would probably cycle through like five <laughs> TV shows and five movies for the rest of my life. Um, just because I, I tend to go for what's comfortable, I tend to go for what I know, and I tend to go for what to expect. I don't do the yeah. same thing with books. We'll, we'll bring it back to books. Um, <laughs> I rarely will reread a book rarely okay um but a lot of that is because i there's so many books i in my kindle alone i have over 700 nice in, in my kindle alone and so you know if i were to reread books I would miss out on those new stories. Yeah, like that's, I mean, like just getting through 700 in itself, like 
is is pretty tough. Like if you go back and reread, that's like more of them you just you can't get to. And like there's more good books coming out all the time. Exactly. And, you know, so, yeah, those people who say there's buying books as a hobby and reading books as a hobby. Totally true. <laughs> it is. Um, like, it, it reminds me like you mentioned you're a gamer as well, right? I uh, sort of. Okay. I'm I'm like, as picky about my video games as I am about my books. So yeah. <laughs> like I, I do a lot of games. I actually, one of the books I'm writing is actually, like I used to work at a video game studio, and like I'm bringing some of those stories in. Another side thing, but like, but like, yeah, like it strikes me a lot like what people do with the Steam libraries, where like people get like a bunch of Steam games, and like they maybe play thirty percent of them, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, my, like, we have, I would say we have a, I mean, it's not huge, but it, our our video game collection is not small. Um, and we, I think we have PS3, PS4, and Xbox. Um, okay. And we got the, um, the Game Pass for the Xbox. And so um, I am more willing to try new video games than than I am new movies or new TV shows. <laughs> um, but that's how I found the one that I was playing when um, you and I started recording again, um, Arcade Paradise. So much fun. Seriously, listeners, if you have an Xbox, you must check out Arcade Paradise, especially if you are an older gamer who remembers the old Atari games. It's all yeah, like, so it much sounded fun. like a sounded like a lot of nostalgia, but in a new way. Oh, it's so much fun! It's it really is. It's an absolute blast. Um, my uh, yeah, when we came, when I came back um, into the bedroom to finish recording with you, um, my husband was finishing the game that I was playing um, before he took over the TV. So <laughs> <laughs> um, he so yeah, he enjoys playing it too, and you know he's. It's an arcade, and you get to go in, and yeah, you own this arcade, but you get to like play all of the various games um, in the arcade, and so we each have our favorites, and so you know he's got ones that he really enjoys playing, and um, I have ones that I really enjoy playing, and so we have you know just that being able to go in and you're playing this game, but then you get to play all of these other games inside this game, and so it's so much fun. Sounds really cool. It, yeah, it, I mean, it's if you have an Xbox, seriously, check it out. Um, and then message me um, on Twitter. Um, and sorry, that attitude was not aimed at you. No, um, I, I know. It's again, it's to me, it's it's Twitter, and it's going to stay Twitter. It is going to stay Twitter, um, especially considering when you go on the desktop version and you type in a message, it still says tweet. Yeah, it still says tweet. So, and like, I and I feel like there's just been so many broken things. Like, I don't know if you saw where like, where like there was a thing of like you can purchase x.com as a domain name. It was just like, ugh. Yeah. See, and I, I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was like, are they gonna actually change the website? Because if they do, I'm gonna feel like I'm typing in porn. <laughs> and I, it kind of feels I, like that. I know this is a family show, and I'm really sorry, you guys. 
but I I just don't think that I would be able to do that on a regular basis. I just don't think I could. Um, but so, um, okay, so we are almost out of time. Do you have, real quick, any other book recommendations or TV show recommendations that you want to throw out there before we get to where people can find you online? So I'll say one other book recommendation from, from my old book club. We, we read a book called Machine of Death, and it was like this collection. It was like this collection of short stories. Like, have you read it? I have not. It sounds kind of so, cool, though. It's it's by the guy that did Dinosaur Comics, and like the whole thing is like, it's a bunch of people submitted a bunch of people submitted short stories for it, and the general gist is like, there's a machine that can tell you the way you're going to die, but it does always get it exactly right. So like. So like it might say something about in a flight and that could be a plane crash or skydiving or or a bird flew at you or something like that. So you don't exactly know, but like it goes into a, like it goes into a lot more of like the different societal issues that can come up from that too. Like there's one there's one story about like about like high school kids that are like sitting at different lunch tables because of what the results said. There's another story about like sort of like sort of like someone like trying to work out insurance claims because because of what their results said it just it gets into a lot of really interesting thoughts on it and being like an anthology of short stories it's real easy to just like i'll take one here take one here it's a good sort of like pick up a story as you as you have time okay uh yeah i don't read very many um books of short stories um i i tend to when I'm reading a book, I tend to want to stay in the same world um, for a long okay. time, which is probably why I tend to go for the big series, like the really long series, because when I find a world that I really like, I want to stay there um, for as long as I can. Um, so yeah, I, I don't read many standalones um, and I don't read many short stories um, just because of that. Um, Okay, so we've got some book recommendations out there for you guys. Um, I did pick up the the first 15 lives um, from Fairy August, so I will let you know when I get to that. Um, it could be four years from now. Who knows? Oh, um, whatever. I, I hope you like it. <laughs> I hope I do, too. Um, but in the meantime, let our listeners know where they can come hang out with you online. Okay, so I've got a, I've got a Twitter account, Tanner Hat. Tanner Housden, which T-A-N-N-E-R-H-O-W-S-D-E-N. I also have TannerHousden.com, where I just where I just announced my first submission call for a high school poetry anthology. And yeah, that's pretty much what I have so what I have so far. I need to expand my social media presence sometime. You should move over to threads. I started I started on threads. Like I feel like threads is like almost there. And once it's there, I feel like I feel like it'll be good if it just it doesn't have a way yet to to sort by like latest and like it, once it, it has it that i feel like it'll be good it doesn't but i you know it's only been out like less than two weeks so i yeah, really true. feel like they are they're we're gonna find more stuff and we're gonna get more stuff added um as as time goes on so it's i'm not quite willing to give up on it yet especially since my beloved Twitter is gone. Um, and I, I still can't 
bring myself to call it X. I just telling somebody, oh yeah, you can find me on X. That yeah, it doesn't sound right. I, no, it really doesn't. It just no, I do not take ecstasy. So come on, send um, me an X. Oh. Yeah, find me on X. Um, it's just it. Uh, it sounds terrible. Um, so again, I am really sorry to my listeners if you are offended by anything that I have said today. Um, but I'm not happy with the new Twitter app, um, and the new rebranding. So, um, but yeah, I I just I'm not. I'm not a fan. So I've been, you know, just kind of putting as much time as I can into getting my my threads um, engagement up and, you know, figuring out Instagram again because I struggle with Instagram. So um, I you should definitely find me um, okay. over on threads. Come follow me. Um, I'm really trying to to build my um, build my tribe over there because Twitter is just they broke my yeah. heart. So I'm I'm hoping so like I'm hoping someday to see what blue sky looks like too. I've heard a lot of promising things there. I just I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I don't even know what that is, but we'll so we'll I figure it out. Yeah, I think it's like the original guy that did Twitter was like opening a new app or something like that. I've just I've heard good things. I don't know a ton about it. Okay. I might have to look into it. Um, okay. Well, we are about out of time. Um, do you have any last words for the listeners? I just thank, just thank you for having me on this podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you to, thank you to Pamela for like reviewing, reviewing my book, giving me like good feedback and just allowing me to be here today. Go buy Cora Christensen on Amazon. Um, I don't know if it's available anywhere else, but I know for sure it's available on Amazon. So go buy it. It is C-O-R-A-C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-S-E-N. So go find it, go buy it, support the super fun author, and we will see you next time. I'll see you on Twitter, Tanner. <laughs> see you on Twitter. Have a good weekend. You too. Have a good, have a good week, everyone. Bye.